we should read our Bibles. As men digging for buried treasure. When the Most High gave to the nations their inheritance, when he divided mankind, he fixed the borders of peoples according to the number of the sons of God. In those days, and for some time after, giant Nephilites lived on the earth. For whenever the sons of God had intercourse with women, they gave birth to children who became the heroes and famous warriors of ancient times. Take no part in the fruitless deeds of darkness, but yet expose them. Though a thousand fall at your side, though ten thousand are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Life's a garden, man. You gotta dig it. Hello fellow treasure hunters, welcome to the excavation site. I'm Justin, alongside me we got Ben, Stephen, and Chad. We'll be your guides on this excursion. Hope you brought your shovel and your compass, because we got the map. Let's dig. Hey everybody, welcome back. Uh, it's uh, Mother's Day weekend for us, uh, so we'll be celebrating the mothers of our lives to this weekend. Uh, if you've been along with us on the ride, we've uh, covered some ground. We've went through uh, uh, introductions, of course, uh, the three rebellions, the Eve and uh, Adam in the Garden, the Tower of Babel, Genesis 6 Nephilim. Uh, we had uh, Steve with us doing a creation versus evolution talk. We've, you know, it's been pretty good so far. Divine Council. Yeah, Divine Council. Yeah, yeah definitely cannot forget that. Uh, so it's uh, Noah's Flood, right, guys? The Flood. Noah's Flood. And that's oh, yeah. in, coincidentally in uh, chapter uh, six. Chapter six, same right. with the uh, Nephilim. That's right. It kind of compact a lot into just a couple of chapters there. I think there's a lot of history there that it was kind of put into a small package because, well, because everybody knew about it. It was there. They didn't need to go into a lot of elaboration because everybody knew this had happened. So, it just happened. Yeah. And well, how, did they, how did they know that this happened? Are we just assuming they knew? They had the other books of the Bible. Well, that other books that's not in the Bible. Extra biblical say. books. Yes. Well, yes. to be fair, the only family that lived through this, all their kids were the ones that would have uh, carried this knowledge on, so everybody would have had that background going forward, too. So, you know, most, most of history, and I think you'll touch on that a little later, but a lot of history started with oral tradition and goes through and that's where we hear a lot of different stories and you look at there's flood stories throughout um pretty much every culture there is around the world has some type of flood story yeah, in there's there. like over 277 it, it's something it see that's now that's pretty specific right oh, there. Yeah. That's, that's pretty impressive <laughs> and uh ish ish, ish. 277 ish <laughs> that we know of but um <laughs> we counted them a few minutes ago um but yeah there's i mean it's it's pretty obvious that it happened, obviously, but um, we're going to go into it a little bit. We're going to read through it, um, and we'll kind of go through some highlights. And uh, and it's going to be a multifaceted approach, too. We're going to biblical, extra-biblical, and also you know science and archaeology, too. History, yeah. Truth history. is truth, no matter which lane you take. It is, and honestly, all it does is it, it helps prove the other. One helps prove the other. It piggybacks off each other, so... Ben, if you want to start, uh, well, look, look, we want to start with the uh, with with prayer. We got prayer. For oh, got my, prayer. yep, yep, yeah. My bad. Yeah, Chad's yep. not we here. We got to pray for Chad. Today. Yeah, Chad, Chad got pulled away this time. So yep. we, yeah, we got to pray he's gonna uh, make it for the. That's gonna be his first and only miss. Yeah. 
He's a busy man. He got. Uh, he is. He's got a gym. He's got a. Uh, that meal prep service, service was stuff. it mindful meals yeah mindful, mindful meals. meals if you guys try right. to lose some weight and struggle oh, yeah. with, he'll help you out i haven't eaten it yet but i'm gonna tell you what it smells good when he's cooking yeah, oh, yeah. go in there at four in the morning <laughs> <laughs> into the gym the not the morning after he's cooked oh yeah oh it smells good in there it sure does <laughs> yep and we're also at a new venue this time. We are. We, we are. Were, we're at the Muddy Pissing Garage. That's right. We were doing it at the gym. Yeah. We got a lot more room to spread our arms now. Oh, yeah. Built and also, too, at the gym. The gym was great, but you it know, I mean, it's at a gym. So you got people we playing was, loud music and yeah. stuff like that and worry about somebody knocking on the boss's door. So we're saying something inappropriate. Or, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just some grunting and cussing yeah. coming up over the microphones <laughs> yeah. at the gym. Yeah, that wouldn't go too well. Yeah. So yeah, I guess we'll, we'll start off in prayer and then we'll start start digging. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for the many blessings that you've given us. Uh, we thank you for uh, all the mothers in our lives. Uh, it's Mother's Day weekend coming up. We pray that you bless all the mothers in our lives and uh, being patient, and teaching, and, and nurturing all of us. Uh, we pray that. Uh, this uh, study goes well that it's received well and that you uh, give us the power of discernment of your word as we go forward and uh, we just pray for a uh, open mind open hearts and ears to to listen and and hear your word and hear us dig through it father in jesus name amen amen all righty so we're gonna start here in chapter six of genesis and if you Go to verse 5, it's talking about the Lord observed, observed the extent of the human wickedness on the earth. And they saw everything they thought or imagined was constantly and totally evil. And he was, you know, basically going to wipe them out. He, um, let's see here. He says, uh, and the Lord said, I will wipe this human race I have created off the face of the earth. Yes, I will destroy every living thing. All the people, large animals, small animals, that scurry across the ground, and even the birds of the sky. I am sorry I ever made them. So, at the beginning of Genesis, everything was good. But now here he says he's sorry that he ever made them. But it says, but he found favor in Noah. So, the story of Noah begins. Chapter 9, or verse 9. Chapter 6, verse 9. <clears throat> this is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, the only blameless person living on the earth at this time. And he walked in close fellowship with God. Noah was the father of three sons... Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Japheth. I can never say that. Now God saw that the earth had become corrupt and was filled with violence. God observed all this corruption in the world, for everyone on the earth was corrupt. So God said to Noah, I have decided to destroy all living creatures, for they have filled the earth with violence. Yes, I will wipe them all out along with the earth <clears throat> build a large ship from cypress wood and waterproof it with tar 
inside and out. Then construct decks that shall throughout its entire its interior. Excuse me, and stalls throughout its interior. Make the boat 40, 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, and 45 feet tall. Leave an 18-inch opening below the roof all the way around the boat. Put the door on the side and build three decks inside the boat, lower, middle, and upper. Look, I'm about to cover the earth with a flood that will destroy every living thing that breathes. Everything on earth will die, but I will confirm my covenant with you. So enter the boat, you and your wife and your sons and their wives. Bring a pair of every kind of animal, male and female, onto the boat with with you to keep them, or excuse yeah, into the boat with you to keep them alive during the flood. Pairs of every kind of bird, and every kind of animal, every kind of small animal that scurries along the ground, will come to you to keep to be kept alive. And be sure to take on board enough food for you, for your family, and for all the animals. So Noah did everything exactly as God had commanded him. Let's stop there so for a the sec. The well, that was the end of chapter six. Well, there's. And that is the end of chapter six, but <clears throat> there's, I mean, there's still a lot more a lot that to happens, break down right but there's there. a lot to break down already. Well, I guess one thing I, I'd want to lead with is like, I got some of my notes. It says the global flood happened. You know, we have the exact same story told throughout the world. You know, like I said earlier, 277 different stories from different cultures around the world. This very same event. Uh, you know, if the flood did not happen, you know, why are we finding fish bones and seashells on top of Mount Everest? Why are we finding whale bones in the middle of the desert? You know, why at the base of Mount Ararat, where Noah supposedly landed, we still have the oldest vineyards in the known to world today? You know, too much evidence po- points to support a, a flood account. I, I 100% agree, but uh, go back in there just a little bit, and I'm sorry I'm jumping around a little bit, but the the part that I think is important to look at when it says there in the very beginning in that verse nine, when it says the only blameless person living on earth at that time was Noah, the only they're not, he didn't say his wife was blameless. Didn't say his sons were blameless. Didn't say his son's wives were blameless. He said Noah was, he said, Noah found favor with the Lord, not anybody else, but God let his family go along with him. And, and honestly, the, the building of the ark um, took, I'm trying to remember exactly what it say. It's 100 plus years. I know that. It was close to 120 years. And um, the, the fact of the matter that that took so long, it gave him time to, to be out there to... Um, be witnessing preaching those people trying to give people a chance to repent trying to give people a chance to be saved but it was to no avail um and still those those eight were the only ones that ended up being saved at that time but um i guess we have to go back even a little further into why yeah yeah i mean like we read at the beginning of chapter six 
talking about the Nephilim, the fallen angels, and all that, which, I mean, to be honest, that's, what, four verses? Oh, yeah. And then it starts talking about, in verse 5, where I started, it's God saying, you know, he observed the earth being wicked and everything else. So, in four verses, it describes everything that happened, kind of. But that's where the... It was the Reader's Digest version yeah. because they had the Book of Enoch right. and these other books that went right. into great detail about the right. events. Yeah. Yeah, so, sure. yeah. yeah, so, you know, and and I know everybody's... Well, if it's not in the Bible, there's a reason. But that's why we're, we're digging... Well, that is the reason. Yeah, we're digging for written, other... Yeah. We're digging for, for more knowledge to understand what's happening. So... And one thing I think is uh, cool, like uh, when we was going through, and I mentioned to you guys before we started recording, you know, the word here in verse 9, blameless, you know, that's the Hebrew word uh, tamim. It refers to being free from defect. It is often used in sacrificial context to describe an unblemished animal presented to God. And references that is Exodus uh, chapter 12, verse 5, Leviticus chapter 1, verse 3, uh, chapter 10. Uh, three, one, and also six. However, this does not mean that Noah was sinless. You know, right. He, he, yeah. He did not, you know, achieve perfection. Because I mean, later, you know, when when the boat lands, it says that Noah yeah. you know, drinks till he becomes drunk and passes out naked. You know, it wasn't that he was a perfect right. sinless man. No. And and like we talked before in the other episodes. I mean, it's you say Noah was the righteous man and the only blameless person living on on the earth at the time, but it also goes back to maybe the blood. Mm-hmm. A lot of stuffs talking about the blood, like you were talking about. Maybe all the other bloodlines in the world were corrupted by the Nephilim, and by everything evil going on. And that might have been the only pure bloodline back to. Oh, yeah. To Adam. And I think, you know, it's like a multifaceted thing, you know, that when the fallen angels descended upon uh, Mount Hermon, they, they corrupted God's creation. He, they messed right. with the gene pool. So it could be that Noah, you know, was the only one untainted, had a pure bloodline. But at the same time, I'm not robbing people away from being accountable for their own actions. Correct. You know, these fallen angels taught all these Forbidden knowledge and wickedness that and, we weren't and, and supposed. And we, yeah, we at least to, and they to took that it up, moment, you know, and they were doing yeah. it by yeah. their own choices. Yeah, and it. I mean, in the New Testaments, it's through the blood of Jesus Christ you're saved. Yeah. So, you know, it's a lot to do with blood through everything. Oh yeah, blood's and blood blood's the key key to life. Without blood, you can't live. Well, and that, then. Sorry, go ahead. No, you're good, but I think that ties us into everything else and why um, we talk about corruption and and, and, uh, why there was only uh, a certain amount of animals that were allowed on the ark. Uh, Right. The blood being defected, like you were talking about, the the Nephilim and... um, kind of the, the, the fallback, everything that happened as far as... If you look at Enoch and you look at Jasher and you look at these other books that talk about how everything had been totally corrupted, that they sinned with the birds, with the, the beast, beast of the field, the birds of the, field, the, 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 the air, reptiles, yeah. it says everything. 
Um, well, it's like in chapter, even says the fish. Yeah, I mean, yeah. in Enoch, it even says they sinned with the fish. And whatever that may or may not mean, but for sure, the whole point that Satan had in, in, in the Nephilim and everything that happened, even though it's only four verses, it's a huge, huge turn in history. And the whole point was to corrupt human DNA, the blood of humans. It yeah, was to God's corrupt creation. it, yeah. to, to, to taint God's creation, to take away what was what God had made perfect. And to the point where God even said, I'm sorry I even made them. I mean, it, it's... And he never said that before. Yeah. No. And what I think is funny, too, is how can one pervert animals or trees? You know, because scientists do that now. You know, nothing new is under the sun, right? Mm-hmm. You know, through genome, through DNA. Modern man can corrupt God's creation now, and we do. It isn't that, you know, why God brought the floods. You know, it was to restore his creation that the fallen angels had corrupted through the teaching of forbidden knowledge and sin. And also... You know the the yeah, DNA well, the gene pool being with deleted, the women and, yeah, and everything else. Yeah, <clears throat> I was gonna say something, but I can't remember what it was. <laughs> I guess I got to go back a little bit here and say that I was looking at the length of time as far as the ark being built. It said that Noah was five hundred years old when he was the father of Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and he was um, six hundred when the flood started. So. I guess I don't have that exact. We don't have that exact time measurement. How long it, it took, took them some time to build, to build but this it thing. definitely took some well, time. Yeah. they so don't. They don't have excavators a, and cranes back then. No, but it was definitely in that, um, you know, eighty hundred year era or oh, area. Sure. I would assume. So it's it's, but it's. Um, I don't know. You want to move on to the next? Which I think is pretty cool that uh, Ben's translation actually had it converted to feet. Because uh, with mine, you know, it's with cubits and stuff, so I had right. to sit there and come up, do, oh, do the Google do the math. math myself. Yeah, so that was cool. NLT is what I was reading out of. Okay. So now we're at seven. Uh, you just we gonna go around the table? Yeah, we can. Well. Yeah. You I'll, wanna I'll go ahead? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're on chapter seven. Chapter seven. The flood covers the earth. When everything was ready, the Lord said to Noah, "Go into the boat with all of your family, for among all the people of the earth, I can see you alone are righteous." Take with you seven pairs, male and female, of each animal I have approved for eating and for sacrifice, and take one pair of each of the others. Also take seven pairs of every kind of bird. There must be a male and a female in each pair to ensure that all life will survive on the earth after the flood. Seven days from now, I will make the rains pour on the earth, and it will rain for forty days and forty nights until I have wiped from the earth all the living things I have created. So Noah did as the Lord commanded. Noah was 600 years old when the flood covered the earth. He went on board the boat to escape the flood, he and his wife and his sons and their wives. With them were all the various kinds of animals, those approved for eating and sacrifice and those that were not, along with all the birds and all the small animals that scurry along the ground. They entered the boat in pairs, male and female, just as God had commanded Noah. After seven days, the waters of the flood came and covered the earth. When Noah was 600 years old, on the 17th day of the second month, all the waters erupted from the earth and the rain fell in mighty torrents from the sky. The rain continued to fall for 40 days and 40 nights. Yeah, let's stop right there. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. there's a lot there. Yeah. One thing that is going on in today's world how many times was it mentioned 
male and female. Right. Was there pan animals? Was there what? <laughs> pan animals? Trans, trans animals? <laughs> and pan and, I mean, we won't, we won't jump on that well, honestly, that, I mean, that, that's just another yeah. corruption Cor- another of God's corruption. creation. Yep. You're trying to alter what he's created. Yeah. And exactly. one thing I thought was was, was cool was I, I think I texted the, the guys about this in our group chat earlier this week. Anytime, there, there's no junk in the Bible. You know, if there's dates and names and stuff like that, it's, it's because it, it has some significance. It's important. God, you know, calling it to your attention. And I never noticed this, but, you know, it, it gives you a date right here. It says, in the sec. In the second month of the seventeenth day of the month, on that day all the fountains of the great deep burst forth, and the windows of heaven were opened. So I was always taught, you know, that just, you know, or whether it was taught to me or I just re- retained that it, it rained. rained. But it it rained. says plainly that the fountains of the great deep burst forth. Right. So with the Jewish cosmology, you know, and that's basically a fancy word for what they believed the earth was. You know, that uh, you had earth, and then underneath, when you died and was buried in the ground, that was Sheol. That, that's where your body went when you died. And underneath that, you had subterranean waters of the abyss, the abuso. And, right. and then we know, because when we drill under the ground for whales, for water, we know yeah, water's water. underneath yeah. there. So not only was the rain coming from above, water was, was bursting forth also. from underneath. So that was a... They're and, getting hit from above and below. Right, and it's never rained before till this. But could that have caused something? Could that have made something happen? Oh, yeah. It, 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 I guess that is a good time that's to That's a good segue. Yeah. I think that's a good segue for that. Well, uh, one thing that uh, that I've really read up on and, and believe wholeheartedly explains everything is uh, Dr. Walt Brown. Uh, and Dr. Walt Brown was uh, – no. I can't remember what branch of the government he was in, but he was a high official in some branch of government. Really smart guy, educated man. Uh, he ended up uh, work going on when he got out of the service to work for NASA. So, I mean, this is a smart, intelligent guy. Knows his stuff. But he wrote a book, and you guys, it ain't even in print anymore, but you can find it on eBay and stuff, and it's pretty pricey. But it's called In the Beginning. And he'd come up with his own theory about the flood account and it, he called it uh, the hydroplate theory and basically he's saying that that's with his theory is why you find the fossil record the way it is now with all the layers of dirt piled up with bones of dinosaurs and everything else into the fossil record that we see today and basically what he's saying is that when the windows of heaven opened up and as we read here the fountains of the great deep also burst forth that when you look, uh, basically, he he lines with like a Pangea. There was once a great supercontinent, and there was some kind of cas- cataclysmic. Like I came getting bumfuzzled here. What's the big word? Cata- cataclysmic. Yes. Cataclysmic event that happened, and he said, and all this pressure built up in the Earth's core and the crust, and it tore through. And this is the event when the the fountains of the great deep burst forth, and all this water just you know, surged forth into the atmosphere, uh, causing all the rains and stuff like that. And the atmosphere, you know, when you get so high up, you know, things freeze. So the water that went high enough into the atmosphere froze, 
and fell down in big large chunks of ice you know and it was uh that's it brought on the ice hailing. age yeah and then also all the sediment of rocks that blew up just buried all these animals and like in the fossil record today we find so many dinosaurs in the middle of fighting didn't even have time to turn around and fighting stop what and they were doing and everything else, we find yeah. fish in the middle of eating other fish in the fossil record we have animals giving birth still you know grazing on the ground when this happened this happened so fast they didn't have time to stop what they were doing so you know when this event happened it was it was just gigantic so uh, when this bursts forward and just like any crack like in concrete you know it follows the path of least resistance so when you look at the globe now underneath the ocean beds you have what's called the Oce- oceanic ridge right and this goes around the globe like the seam of a baseball and when you look at this oceanic ridge it's like a perfect puzzle piece that goes around all the land of the continents today so what he's saying is when that happened all that pressure pushed the the plates of the earth's crust and pushed away all the continents and they said they Kinda were like traveling a crater well got like like picture a crater uh, plate tectonics yeah. so, so I'm saying, all yeah. that stuff slid and when it slid away it said it was going like at 60 miles an hour and then they met uh, resistance and so it's like hitting the brakes real hard or hitting something at 60 mile an hour it's going to crunkle you know like a hood of Buckle a car up, yeah. yeah so what happened is when it met the resistance and suddenly stopped that's how you get all the uh, mountain ranges of today and when you look at all the major mountain ranges in the world they all line up perfectly parallel with the oceanic ridge so and that's how you got the dividing of the lands and and the busting up of pangaea and the supercontinent right and what was really cool was he said that when this happened after the flood and all the water subsided that's how we got all the great oceans and lakes and all this stuff today that mankind when they started repopulating which he said it could took hundreds if not thousands of years but they built all their cities on the coastlines so he said but after you know a few hundred years or a thousand years or how long it took you know that that newly formed land had to settle right you know all the weight of it and gravity pulling down on it so that's why today we have we have so many sunken cities Right. And the, the Atlantis theory, all these kinds of things, because these people, after all this happened, rebuilt, and they built on the coast. And after this land settled, they sunk. So, I mean, it, it's it's pretty cool, and that, that's kind of like, you know, the the redneck layman's, you know, outlook right. of <laughs> yeah. his hydroplate theory. But look into that yourself, and, and you'll see. I mean, it, it lines up perfectly with Scripture and science because, like I said, truth is multifaceted. You can find it in many different venues. Well, so what you're trying to tell me is, and I'm 100% on board with you, we can thank the flood for the Smokies, is what you're saying. Yes, sir. All right, excellent. I love it. (laughs) So do you guys have anything else on that, or are we going to keep going? Let's keep rolling. Well, it also talks about God sent the animals. Noah didn't just go out and pick his own two pair of animals you know god sent the animals for him well they had to be pure and perfect and what's cool too is even today you know birds and uh they fly south when when they know the weather's going to start to turn cold right you know animals they sense when stuff's you know about to happen right they knew that something was about to happen and they were going to their lifeboat 
and and on top of that one land mass makes that possible too as opposed to if if there oh, yeah. all the continents before then you're trying to tell me that we're uh, over here Noah jumped up paddled over to a different place sat down got to, the animals from Africa. that area then yeah. jumped over and oh we need to stop and get the cheetahs here yeah that just yeah. doesn't work that way the zebras from africa and if you go back sorry now i'm going back if you go back to Genesis, if you go back to Genesis one nine, it said when God was talking about um, when we're talking about creation, that God said, "Let the waters beneath the sky flow together into one place, so dry ground may appear." So it's bringing the waters and totally separating them from the land. Correct. Bring the waters into one place, so you have dry land and you have the sea, the ocean, the water. Right. So. Right there, if you read that quite literally, there was two separate things. We had one continent at that time, one massive, one massive land, land area, and, and the, the water was water. So. And what's crazy is when you read, uh, I think it's in, uh, I think it's in Genesis ten later on, where it gives the genealogies and stuff like that. Uh, I cannot remember his name for so forgive me of the pronunciation, but it's like Pena or Pani or, or something like that. But it says plainly in there that he was named that. Because his time was when the the lands were divided. Oh yeah. I mean, so I mean that shows you. That, I mean, it was it was once well, there's, together uh, if it was divided. Yeah, talking about the genealogy part. There's some YouTube videos. I I can't remember the guy's name, but out there at the Ark in Kentucky. No, yeah. oh, is it Kentucky? Yeah, yeah I think Kentucky. so. Yeah. Um, the guy, he's a he can tell you, you know, he goes all the way back to Babel when they change, change the, the languages and they spread across the world. Oh, yeah. And he, yeah, I mean, he could place Ham's people went this way and they went that way, and it's pretty eye-opening. And that's why you get, you know, so many different flood account stories because we oh, were yeah. once one landmass, right. we were once one yeah, language, one people. and God divided us. Right. So now you got... You know the same people that knows the same stories, but and telling it, it in their different language well, and maybe putting their own little. It's you know, kind of like the telephone it. game when you was a kid. Yeah. Yeah, you know, add your own little bit to it or misunderstand it, and it's a little different. Yep. So I guess we're on verse twelve. Stephen, you'll keep going. Yeah, I'll keep Finish going. The chapter. This, uh, the rain continued to fall for 40 days and 40 nights. That very day, Noah had gone into the boat with his wife and his sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and their wives. With them in the boat were pairs of every kind of animal, domestic and wild, large and small, along with birds of every kind. Two by two, they came into the boat, representing every living thing that breathes. A male and female of each kind entered just as God had commanded Noah. Then the Lord caused the door to close behind them, which I think is pretty cool when it's like God physically came down and closed the door with his hand. Obviously, the door must have been pretty big on that side of the boat. Oh, yeah. You know, we done said it was 450 feet long. <laughs> yeah, you can imagine big... what kind of door well, it would be. What was it, 40 feet tall? 40, 40, 45, 45, 45 feet, tall. feet tall. And what's crazy, too, is that the numbers everybody you know wants to doubt. You know, like, that, man, that's a lot of... A lot of animals. That's a okay. lot of, you know, this That's and that. what I was about to get into. Yeah, because 98% of life on Earth is sea creatures, amphibians, insects, and bacteria. That only leaves 2% that are land mammals, reptiles, and birds. But so it also says of their kind. 
Exactly. Right. So a canine is a kind. Yes. You're trying you to have, tell me they didn't have chihuahuas and boxers and They might have they might have had one chihuahua <laughs> and one boxer. A female chihuahua <laughs> and a male boxer, okay? But one kind and then the guy who does the genetics like we're talking about at the ark. Yeah. That dude goes into everything. He says, you know, goes into basic biology, you know. Short nose, long nose, long hair, short hair. And it's just well, variations, yeah, mutations. But, yeah. But think about it. You can say the same and thing. Over, Look at the people of the world today, and it was just right. Noah's family that was on the yeah. ark. So yeah. you want to talk yeah. about all the different variations. Right. Look at people, well, well, the same he as says, animals. He says, like, you know, the different races. You know, you got the Mexicans. Their skin color's a little darker. They're pigment. Then you have Africans. There's even darker than that. Well, they have to be. They're down there at the equator. It protects their bodies. There's there's no there's only one human race. It's just genetics. Us whites, we're up we're in the northern and you know, South Africa is white also. You're further away from the sun, so you're not getting that much damage from the sun. We didn't have, you know, the pigment in our skin's yeah. not as dark. And as far as the gene pool and stuff like that of the, of the animals, you know, like you were saying, the kinds, you know, a dog, you know, would would have produced, you know, the various dogs, right. the wolves, right. and things like that. And what's crazy is uh, Trey Smith. I keep giving, you know, I know I mention a lot of stuff. But I try to give credence to people that I listen to and, and get these ideas from, and sometimes I don't always do that. But Trey Smith, if you look him up on YouTube, guys, brilliant mind. Uh, but he, uh, one of his videos, he was talking about that very same thing, and he said, you know, there's 8,000 uh, genera needed, uh, animal family kinds needed to create the animal life that we have today. Four times that number is 30,000. So you only need 8,000 to create the population that we have today. So but if you multiply that by four, that's 30,000. Even this number would fit into that boat. You, that boat could hold 125,000 sheep, 30,000 kinds, and it's the equivalent of 522 rail cars. Right. That this boat could handle. would more than do the job. Right, and lo- and nothing said they're fully grown either. You know, well, you got two big elephants. Who said they're full-grown elephants? Right. You know what I mean? Giraffes. Who said they're full-grown giraffes? So, you know, and then like you, like we're talking about the kind, I'm sure not every a chihuahua and a boxer weren't a pair of each on the boat. You know, you have dogs, you got cats, you got the horses, you know, zebras and all them come from that. Cows, buffalo, they're all kind of the and, same. And it said they could bring seven of the ones that they could eat or sacrifice. So right. depending on how often they ate barbecue, it would definitely uh, have gotten lighter as they went. You know right. I mean? Well, it also said a bunch of birds to eat too, right? And yeah, for the sacrifice, yeah. yeah. So The clean so, animals were right. sevens. Yeah. Right. So, but if you think of it, depending on how long you're there, you got eggs to eat. You, I mean, oh yeah, shoot. Seven of each kind, so that's fourteen birds for eight. How many? How much your chickens lay? <laughs> know what I mean? Yeah. 
And what's a cool, few. I think, like, a, <laughs> like how it alludes was, uh, you know, that last one we read, you know, uh, 7, 16, uh, where it says God shut the door. Right. Was uh, was Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 and 14. You know, it was alluding to Noah's Ark. Because if you guys remember, he said, but small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life, for only a few will find it. Right. I always thought that correlation was, was pretty cool. Kind of goes hand in hand yeah. with with uh, yeah you know a lot of animals and people died and didn't make it. But I could just Nara just, just the, imagine the they go into the I mean that what I don't find or what I do find shocking is okay they made fun of Noah for building this boat you know who they got you know it's raining. What it you know? Yeah, it ain't rained in years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what? It's never rained. Yeah, it never rained before oh. that. So I mean, so they're like, there's yeah. never ever been a rainbow before, right? I mean, that was yeah, the, that was God's covenant. So and, and the thing was, you know, it wasn't like his building it right next to the ocean. Oh yeah, he looked crazy as crazy. Yeah, and that so they're all making fun of him. They would when, when the waters came, but did they? Ju- yeah, but that's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. Just imagine the game. Just changed. imagine that we're that we're the sons. Say we're the sons, and we're watching all this happen, right? Which I'm sure we're helping them build it and everything. But so, so we're out there preaching to the people. Hey guys, you know you gotta repent. Repent. Yeah. You gotta get your stuff squared away. It's coming. It's coming. Oh, you crazy old man. Kind of like today, Andy. yeah, yeah, exactly like today, as in Noah's time. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so uh, just imagine though, seeing two by two animals start showing up. You think oh, at yeah. some point, and then everything goes on the boat, and then you're going, whoa, 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 <laughs> the door shuts, whoa, 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 wait for me, wait for yeah. me. Like, some, could you imagine? Like, when do you think that they first, when it first hit them? Do you think the it hit them when they saw like the all rain. these animals? Do you think it was a rain, or do well, you think when they saw this gigantic door close by itself, yeah, they see well, that, that too—the yeah. hand of God literally working, closing this gigantic door on the boat? Uh, I mean, when did all of a sudden like, oh crap? Well, according to Hollywood, it was those big rock giants that helped them build it, and then they fought the people off for them. And then Og jumped mm. on board. Yeah, yeah. with yeah, <laughs> that's ridiculous. <laughs> Hollywood is ridiculous. Well, I guess let's press forward. You want to finish the chapter out, Stephen? Yes, sir. Let me see where I'm at here. 17, 17 I think. For 40 days, the floodwaters grew deeper, covering the ground and lifting the boat high above the earth. As the waters rose higher and higher above the ground, the boat floated safely on the surface. Finally, the water covered even the highest mountains on earth, rising more than 22 feet above the highest peaks. All the living things on earth died. Birds, domesticated animals, wild animals, small animals that scurry across the ground, and all the people. Everything that breathed and lived on dry land died. God wiped out every living thing on earth. People, livestock, small animals that scurry along the ground, the birds of the sky, all were destroyed. The only people who survived were Noah and those in the boat with him. And the floodwaters covered the earth for 150 days. I think um, one of the things right there is kind of interesting is it was reiterated multiple times that it killed everything. 
Like it's not just saying, eh, you know, I'm just going to say grossly it, you know, like uh, it killed them all. No, it, I'm telling you over and over and over again, it killed everything. We're talking a total cleansing of the planet. And then also, you know, you've, I've heard other theories of people that, well, you know, things, there was a certain place that didn't get covered with water or there was a was certain a regional, it was flood. a regional flood or things like this. It says right there distinctly water covered, even the highest mountains rising more than 22 feet over the highest peaks. Well, yeah, so we're Mount Everest shells on Mount yeah. Everest well, to this day. Well, and to be fair, Mount Everest probably wasn't Mount Everest at that time. I'd say it, it happened. It pushed up, it pushed yeah. up at that, at that time. So it, I mean, it, it spells it out for you. It tells you right there. It slaps you in the face with it, and it and it reiterates it over and over again. I don't know how many times it says in that last chapter, uh, the small animals that scurry across the ground. It says right. that over and yeah. over and over and over again, but it lets you know that everything was destroyed. And another thing, like with the theology and stuff of the Bible, waters is commonly uh, a metaphor or an allegory for uh, chaos, you know, the abyss, the waters, mm-hmm. you know, and that's like uh, when Jesus calmed the seas from the boat with the disciples in it, you know, it was uh, basically a calling back to creation when God's spirit hovered over the waters. It was showing the people of that time that uh, chaos into order, that, that God subdued chaos, the waters, the abuso, you know, so this was not only was mankind rebellious and violent and all this stuff it brought the waters it was you know metaphorically drowned in chaos i always thought that that was pretty cool like in revelations where it goes back where it says and the and the sea was no more you know i don't think you know it's saying that there is no more oceans it just means that there is no more chaos it's all perfection Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so we going, we powering through? Let's power All through. Right. Let's get it Chapter done. Chapter 8 here. The flood subsides. But God remembered Noah and all the beasts and all the livestock that were with him in the ark. And God made a wind blow over the earth, and the waters subsided. Kind of like he did at the, the Red Sea, right? A strong east wind. Mm-hmm. Interesting. The fountains of the deep and the windows of heaven were closed. The rain from the heavens was restrained, and the waters receded from the earth continually. And at the end of 150 days, the waters had abated. And in the seventh month, on the 17th day of the month, the ark came to rest on the mountain of Ararat. And the waters continued to abate until the 10th month. In the 10th month, on the first day of the month, the tops of the mountains were seen. At the end of forty days, Noah opened a window of the ark that he had made and sent forth a raven, but it went to and fro until the waters were dried up from the earth. Okay, I'm going to have to stop right there for just a second. Um, like I said earlier, anytime there's dates mentioned, right, it's important. And I looked over this, and when I found this, I immediately texted Steve, and I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I've never noticed this. But... Uh, that was on, uh, if you follow the, the Hebrew calendar, you know, that's on the uh, the second month. Uh, that was on uh, Nisan. Wait, 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 wait a minute. I might be ahead of myself, guys. Forgive me. Hang on a second here. 
Yes, I'm ahead of myself. Scratch that and rewind and back up. And okay. I'll <laughs> Verse 8. Yeah. But, uh, but the mountains of Ararat, that is uh, uh, a mountain range that we know today. And it says uh, in there that when he uh, landed there, it says uh, that he planted a vineyard, you know, later on. At the base of this mountain are what scientists tell us is the oldest vineyards in the world. This area is known as the Valley of Eight to the locals. You know, there were only eight people on that boat. Right. Valley of Eight. Yeah. And uh, uh, Google uh, Dupinier, and I'm going to spell it out because I'm probably butchering how you say it, but D U R. U-P-I-N-A-R. It says, but they have found the exact dimensions of the impression site from Noah's Ark. Also, there's a village at the base called Cargonza or Cargomas, which means Raven Won't Land. Uh, the Epic of Gilgamesh, Utanapitim, uh, which you know is believed to be Noah. Uh, was found while Gilgamesh went north from Ur and Uruk towards the mouth of the Tigris and Euphrates, arriving in the land between the two peaks. Mount Ararat has two peaks. Coincidence? I think not. You know, the Sumerian kings list have also found stone tablets known as the letters to Lord Arata. These were correspondences between Enmerker, Nimrod, and Lord Arata, you know, Ararat, Noah, in these letters, Nimrod was asking for Noah's help in building a great tower for his goddess Anana because he was the wisest slash best builder in the world, but Noah refused. Uh, Ron White, another really smart guy you should look up on uh, Google or YouTube. Also a pretty good comedian. Uh, I think <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not that one. Not not, <laughs> not potato salad. or, or tater, 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 tater salad. Tater salad. Yeah. But in the 1980s, Ron White found Noah's Ark. It's in Turkey, in the, the mountains of Ararat. Look him up. Uh, it was the exact measurements given in the Bible. The Egyptian cubit, Moses was Egyptian after all, uh, made of gopher wood. They found huge anchor stones and a huge stella on the mountain with a huge boat carved in it, with eight faces carved inside. God has revealed many things to Ron, and he has found uh, the Red Sea crossing also in Mount Sinai and claimed to be... Uh, he, he also claims to be in uh, the presence of the Ark of the Covenant. Uh, I think God's shown a lot of stuff to this guy. And uh, when he went to Turkey, apparently some uh, pilot flew over Mount Ararat and found like this great impression that looked like the shape of a boat. And nobody really ever dove into it. But in the 80s, Ron White found out about it. And uh, he was a surgeon from like middle Tennessee. He saved up his own money and went out there and did his own investigations. And they'd done geothermal scans and stuff of the area and basically did 3D renderings from under the ground. And it was the, the exact measurements that the Bible gives us for, for the boat. It's pretty cool. There's a lot of stuff on that on the Internet if you look it up. There's actually I've seen a couple specials on that, too. That's been on TV before, uh, like History Channel or something had that on before. It was good. Oh, yeah. But the, with the date and stuff, what I had highlighted, I got ahead of myself. But but what is crazy about that, the dates and the time with that, you know, that's the amount of time that the fallen angels had to watch their children die, you know, during this flood. It says the, this is the exact amount of time that they're given permission to torment mankind when the pit is open in Revelation. It all ties together. Oh, yeah. 
but uh, verse 6, and what I thought was cool here, where he talks about where he releases the raven. Right. You, you guys notice the verbiage? That the raven went what? To and fro. Mine says back and forth, yeah. but yeah. Yeah, but Job 1.6, the divine council setting, when yeah. Satan is there with his hosts and, se- and uh, Satan uh, appears, God yeah. asks him, you know, where have you been? And he replies, oh, going to and fro upon the earth. You know, it's kind of right. like connecting, you know, the, the raven, the wicked bird, okay. kind of like with Satan himself. I thought that was pretty interesting. But what, so that bird didn't serve Noah at all. But later when you see an eight, it says, then yeah, he sent the forth dove. the dove from him to see if the waters had subsided from the face of the ground. But the dove found no place to set her foot. And she returned to him to the ark, for the waters were still on the face of the whole earth. So he put on his hand and took her and brought her into the ark with him. He waited another seven days and again sent forth the dove out of the ark. And the dove came back to him in the evening, and behold, in her mouth was a freshly plucked olive leaf. So it's like a separation of the evil bird and the good right. bird. You know, I never even thought about that. I why never wouldn't thought he about have, it Why either. would he not just keep sending the raven out, or would he well, not if send it the dove out and initially? Fro, I think he's saying, like, it didn't go out to look. It just kind of flew around the boat and come back. Hmm. And what's funny is God, you know, always sides with the dove. You know, the, the dove's the bird of light. You know, right. The, the dove uh, descended from heaven, from heaven to Jesus at the baptism. You know, Matthew mm-hmm. chapter 3, 16, and Luke 3, 21 through 23. Like Noah went through the waters, chaos, like I said earlier, the dove brought back the olive branch, the symbol of peace. It was a new covenant beginning for mankind. Like mm-hmm. in Matthew, you know, the dove and all that stuff. And it says a new covenant for mankind instead of a symbol for peace, it was it landed on Jesus, who was the Prince of Peace. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Wow, yeah. So Noah knew that the waters had subsided from the earth. Then he waited another seven days and sent forth the dove, and she did not return to him any more. So it means it found ground, you know. Right. In the six, in the six hundred and first year, in the first month, the first day of the month, the waters were dried off the face of the earth, and Noah removed the covering of the ark and looked, and behold, the face of the ground was dry. In the in the second month, on the twenty seventh day of the month, the earth had dried out. Then God said to Noah, Go out from the ark you and your wives and your sons wives with you so yeah so if you add that up that's 42 months you know just like in Revelation 9 when the great pit is opened up uh, they're allowed 42 months to to torment mankind but it says uh, the new beginning after the flood started on the 17th of Nisan when you use the Hebrew calendar you know Jesus walked out of the tomb on the 17th of Nisan. That's... Yeah, it's almost like this is a foreshadowing, you know. Uh, that was also a new beginning. Right. Both were new beginnings. Uh, I think that's just so amazing, and that makes a me... A fresh start kind yeah, of. Yeah, I appreciate God more, you know, how he leaves all these little details and nuggets for clues, us to yeah. find, you know, if we're looking for them. Breadcrumbs. Yeah, it's it's, it's just beautiful. Uh, you're at 17 17 yeah bring out with you every living thing that is with you all the fresh birds and the animals and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth 
that they may swarm on the earth and be fruitful and multiply on the earth. So Noah went out and his sons and his wives and his sons' wives with him. Every beast, every creeping thing, and every bird, everything that moves on the earth went out by families from the ark. All right. Ben, you want to take over now? On 20, yeah. God's covenant with Noah. <laughs> then Noah built an altar to the Lord, and there he sacrificed as, as burnt offerings the animals and birds that he had been approved for that for that purpose and the lord was pleased with the aroma of the sacrifice and said to him and said to himself i will never again curse the ground because of the human race even through everything they think or imagine is bent toward evil from childhood i will never again destroy all living things as long as the earth remains there will be planting and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night. <clears throat> um, so the first thing he did, pretty much, sacrifice to the Lord after they come off the boat. And uh, there's something else I was... Nope, it left me. Well, also that was Adam's first act too. You know, it that? was when yeah. Adam, when he was kicked out of the garden, the first thing he done was he sacrificed. So it's like both of them were at new beginnings, and they were both right king and priest of the new creation. You know. Okay. And I, then the blessings. Yep. Be fruitful, multiply. Yep. And we, then we later, and then we well. I don't know if you want to read if we want to read nine or not, but basically, the I think the most important thing oh, yeah. to pull out of that obviously is the rainbow. When you oh, talk yeah. about we'll read through, our, okay? Yeah, read, go ahead and read yeah, the same thing. Do what? Read. Did uh, I miss chapter nine? Hold on. Want to go through seventeen? Oh, go. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Through verse seventeen, chapter nine. Then God blessed Noah and his sons and told them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth, all the animals of the earth, all the birds of the sky, all the small animals that scurry along the ground, and all the fish in the sea will look on you with fear and terror. I have placed them in your power. I have given them to you for food, just as I have given you grain and vegetables, but you must never eat any meat that still has the lifeblood in it. That includes chicken. Yeah. In case you're wondering. <laughs> no, it's saying you can't eat the blood. The blood's holy. Yeah. You just got to drain it. Oh. Can't be vampiristic. I think you or is, cannibalistic. I, I think you is. I was making fun of dinner tonight. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> well, that we went over my head yeah. right there. So, anyhow, everybody, now, since you brought it up, <laughs> we were cooking steak, pork, and what we thought was either steak, pork, shish kebabs wrapped in bacon, which turned out to be chicken. So, it went cooked all They were away. a little rubbery. Medium rare. <laughs> <laughs> we defiled anyhow, the covenant. We, yes. <laughs> anyhow, five. And I will require the blood of anyone who takes another person's life. 
If a wild animal kills a person, it must die. And anyone who murders a fellow human must die. If anyone takes a human life, that person's life will also be taken by human hands. For God made human beings in his own image. Now be fruitful and multiply and repopulate the earth. Then God told Noah and his sons, I hereby confirm my covenant with you and your uh, descendants and with all the animals that were on the boat with you, the birds, the livestock, and the wild animals, every living creature on earth. Yes, I am confirming my covenant with you. Never again will floodwaters kill all living creatures. Never again will a flood destroy the earth. Then God said, I am giving you a sign of my covenant with you and will all or and with all living creatures for a for all generations to come, I have placed my rainbow in the clouds. It is a sign of my covenant with you and with all the earth. Then I send, excuse me, when I send clouds over the earth, the rainbow will appear in the clouds. And I will remain or remember my covenant with you and with all living creatures. Never again will the floodwaters destroy all life. When I see the rainbow in the clouds, I will remember the eternal covenant between er, between God and every living creature on earth. Then God said to Noah, Yes, this rainbow is the sign of the covenant I am confirming with all the creatures on earth. So the rainbow's not gay pride? No. And obviously, he wanted you to know that it's not gay pride. Because how many times <laughs> he said the rainbow, the rainbow, the feel, rainbow, and like also God be fruitful and multiply, be fruitful and multiply. Yeah, yeah and it's almost like God knew this situation that we're living in today. Oh, I don't know. I guess feel like God's being like, "Hello, God. McFly. Hello, yeah. hello, McFly." I, I, I guess he just knows how the devil takes his stuff and oh, just yeah. totally warps yeah. it and turns it You're upside right. down. Yeah. Takes you know? something good and tries to make it something bad or. Oh, just he definitely does not. If 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 he thinks you missed it when you read it the first time, you're going to catch it the second oh, time. Oh yeah, and the animals. That the law of average will have ground. to kick in at some point, yeah. <laughs> right? So, yeah. like we were talking about the blood before, the blood's pretty much life. Yeah. Without blood, you can cannot live. So, do not drink the blood of another life form, right? Yeah. And then. Uh, what I also found interesting was, oh crap, I lost it again. And he's talking about his I'm phone. He, he's looking on his phone for his yeah. scriptures and stuff, and his phone's yeah jumping around. Uh, I have to go back to the, the, the oh, murder. Go ahead, go ahead. The murder. Eye for an eye. Pretty much. If a, if an animal kills a person, that animal is meant to die. And one thing I thought was really cool was about that passage you were talking about he said you know for god made man in his own image you know we are the imagers of god god is 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 king of heaven and earth right. we are basically his his lords and regents of this and we're supposed to, right. to rule in his image you know well right there it says um let's see 
all the animals on the earth, all the birds in the sky, all the small animals that scurry along the ground, and the fish You're of the meaning. sea will fear and and terror will look in you on you with fear and terror. So that was we were made. He gave us. We're we're the top of the food chain. We're ruling in his yeah. stead. You know, he right. gave us dominion. It's what he gave Adam initially. Yeah, it's right. the same thing. Yeah. And what's crazy is the whole image bearer thing. You know, it says if you kill someone, not only are you misrepresenting God as unjust in your you're actions, killing something God you're also created. killing God because right. your fellow man is also an image bearer like yourself. Right. You know, I think if we all seen ourselves in this light, we'd behave and act so much more differently. You know, not only how we act toward each other, knowing that they are image bearers also. You know, that's why exactly. he said love yeah. fulfills the law. Right. Yeah. I never looked at it that way, but yeah. We are all image bearers. I mean, I've looked at it that way, but never to the point to where, like he said, you kill another, you pretty much killed me. Mm-hmm. Killed God, you know. I still go back to that rainbow thing. It's still, it just, it's still something that is, uh, well, every time it rains. Well, every time it rains, we see that it's something that we've seen since we were a little kid. We, it's just, a, it's a magical thing in the sky. You see it, it's just, it's unbelievable. And it's been taken, you know, in for many different purposes. You know, the leprechaun, you know, the gold at the end of the rainbow. Yeah. And, and obviously, you know, you talk about pride, this, and all sorts of different things that that, that symbol has been used for. But God used it first here. This is when he brought his rainbow. So either, either... Um, it had never rained before, or they had never seen the sun before, because it needs those two things to make a rainbow. Correct. So at Moisture this point, in the air. At this point, when it talks about the, you know, when we go through it back to the beginning of this, when it talks about the, um, the uh, floodgates of heaven opening up, um, people had probably never seen anything like that before. It probably had never rained before. Well, like you said, chaos. I mean, Utter. what's the most destructive thing in nature? It's water. Water will destroy anything. I was going to say you. Well, I'm second. <laughs> Close second. <laughs> Close second. Uh, but I, it's, I think that's awesome, though. I just think of a rainbow that you can see something that God put in the sky for us. It's there. It's something tangible. You can see it. And it's, it's a promise God made not just to made to you he made to you individually you can look at that and say oh god's talking to me right now it's just another thing you can see for every generation that god has put for us right there and it's something tangible and it's in, and a lot of people don't they overlook it but it, it the rainbow is in every throne room scene if you go through revelation isaiah all these books where they're called into the throne room of god it either calls it explicitly a rainbow above his head, or they describe it like like barrel and onyx and all these multiple multiple colors around above the throne of mm-hmm. God. That's the rainbow. And I love how I think it was Mike Kaiser in his podcast he was talking about. It. He said that the throne room of God is basically the judge seat inside the courtroom. And any time that you're in the courtroom, what's the number one thing you can hope for? You can just hope that the judge is fair and just and true to his word so what is more comforting to mankind when you're standing in the throne room of god the judge and ruler of all 
and you see his rainbow above his you see head. see his promise right above That's his a head. reminder yeah. that God is just and he keeps his promises. Right. Yeah. Wow. Never that's thought a, about a, Yeah. That's a mic drop right there. Yeah. Don't deep. drop it, though. That's expensive. Yeah, very expensive. No. <laughs> <laughs> so now I guess we can... We've we've covered the the biblical part, okay, and we've kind of you know touched on uh, archaeology and history and stuff like that. But I guess if if we got anything extra biblical, science, worldview, things like that, I guess we could really dive into those now that the I, the canon is out of the way. We started we started a lot, and we we talked about it, the two hundred and seventy seven different flood stories from different cultures around the earth. I mean, you talk about that just showing first of all that the I mean, uh, it, it, it obviously happened. happened. Yes. Um, also, a lot Even of Even atheists will say the, a flood happened. One of the things that I looked at this week that I thought was pretty interesting is um, some of the research that's done in the Grand Canyon, because that's one of the places I think you can really truly see when you talk about um, erosion and things of that nature, what it would have taken a, a massive flood, a catastrophic event for something like that to happen. And you see where some of the um the canyons cut out and you know evolution has these oh this is you know the this layer of this sediment right. layer is this many million years and they go right down the different millions of years but in the grand canyon it jumps and it jumps as in periods as big as three billion years that they talk about at certain levels are just gone and it's it's laid directly on top of each other in a perfect flat line there was no erosion in those areas. You can see that that perfect level is right there where one layer laid on top of another layer. And it's it's just, there's... What's well, how water, what do they call that? How water or uh, dirt settles when it's carried by water? Because, I mean, you have that sedimentary, you know what I mean? It's mm -hmm. how it's laid down because of the flood. And then also with going along with, with Walt Brown's, you know, uh, theory, all that water and earth from the crust, and we're talking... Well, they actually you know, talk all about all this earth being thrown up and burying all these things. That's why when they're trying to carbon date all these things, that everything's jumping around all over the place because it's just no, miles and miles of rock well, that was thrown been, up and buried everything. It would have been thrown up, like you said, the fountains of the deep. And you talk about what now when we have earthquakes now when the tectonic plates, you know, right. rub together, and that's where our tsunamis come from, right? Right. And a tsunami it happens in the ocean. Yeah. Tsunami is not just one wave. You know, there's there's multiple waves in a tsunami. And each time it would have laid down, especially what potentially could have happened with the flood, it lays down a layer every time it comes. And the next wave, it'll lay another layer over top. And you can see, and they can look at the, um, I think I was looking at something that was talking about the one that happened in the Indian Ocean back, I, I can't remember how many years ago it was, five, ten years ago, whatever. But right. they can see the layers of the sediment where that is. And they can see, you can even look and see where each wave was in the sediment layers. You can say, this was the first wave, this is the second wave, and it lays it down just on top of each other, nice flat lines. So it just shows you, Grand Canyon is just another proof, another evidence that obviously the flood happened. Obviously, evolution is uh, just, it's, it's, a, it's a way that people try to take responsibility out of out of living they don't want to have someone they want to think that we're the greatest power that oh, yeah. people are the greatest power they don't want they don't want there to be a god they, they don't, don't want to be held responsible right and something. that's the whole thing with truth if there's no god then what's what do you what is truth well, how do you god, know what's god right is wrong? truth 
All right, we're getting off track. I know we missed. I'm sorry. I got us <laughs> no, off track. No, no, it's all relevant. But what I, I one thing I think so, crazy I guess is that the timeline. You know, when we was talking about that before we started recording. You know, time. You know, like 10,000 BC to 3,000 BC. The, the, you know, historians and scientists, everybody calls that you know the dark history. You don't hear nothing. You know, you don't hear of anything till around three thousand BC. It's so you know there was eight people. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean that was after the flood. That puts the flood account around three thousand BC. And if you you know if you do like the population counts, I can't remember where I pulled this reference from. I think this was Trey Smith also, but uh, he was doing the 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 people as far as the people goes. You know, three thousand BC the flood. If there was you know if we believe what the Bible says that there was eight people. From 3000 BC to the birth of Christ, you know, all the historians and stuff and, and scientists of this day puts the world population around 200 million. You know, so if you go from there to 200 million and then fast forward to 2012, the world population was 7 billion. You know, any mathematician or geneticist will tell you that these are not unrealistic numbers. I mean, the, the, everything lines up perfectly. Yeah. But as it was in the days of Noah, so it shall be in the coming of the Son of Man. And once again, it's multifaceted. Well, and you on top of that, we're kind of what I've had in my head, too, is so they had all this knowledge before Noah. Okay. I'm not a surgeon. Neither are y'all. Close. Close. You stay at the Holiday Inn? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, but so if you take eight people, right? And them eight people know what they know, but they obviously don't know everything. Everything else is killed off. All they go into the new the new world now is what they know. So that's why you know. And then humans like we are, are striving and to whatever, know everything again. And whatever written history or whatever that was actually there, whatever was recorded, right. would have all been washed away anyway. And yeah. that's the other part of that. Yeah, and, if, uh, if and then are, that that goes into the dark ages. You you didn't know anything because you just had eight feet. You know, you just had eight feet. How much did they forget? Oh, exactly. Nothing you know? new is under the sun. Right. All this new stuff we think we're learning new now. No, I mean, yeah, it's, it's just like raising our children, right? But if you ever looked into those, have you any of you guys actually ever looked into those other culture flood accounts? I've, I've watched a couple shows on them, but they're spot on. Yeah. You know the 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 Tolte Indians of Mexico, uh, they they got a flood account. And they but they even said after they built or after the flood, the people gathered together and built a great tower. You know. Oh yeah, look at all the different pyramids throughout the. We're the talking world. about the Tower of Babel. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's an yeah direct reference. You know, in Ch uh, China, the the Z Dynasty, uh, they put their flood account around two thousand B.C. Uh, new, new, Nuia and Fu. Forgive me if I'm pronouncing these wrong, but uh, 2952 BC, eight people was on board, and the Septuagint puts the flood around 3,000 to 2,500 BC. So even the, the the dates coincide. You know, Egypt, the first pyramid was around 2,600 BC, right around uh, the flood time. You know, and they also had a flood account. You know, Egypt's flood account, uh, Tim, the creation god, uh, brought a global flood killing all but the people on board. You know, the Assyrians, they had a flood account, and they built a large boat. Yep. I mean, it's just... 
one thing about that too that I think is kind of funny is that you see how close those dates are, maybe a span of maybe 400 years that we're talking that it, they vary. But if you're going back and you're an evolutionist looking at things and carbon dating, well, a million years, that's really not a long time. You know, you think oh, about yeah, that. Oh, yeah, the way and they talk. The, the way, yeah. Yeah, it's not really a long time. That's really just a, that's a blink of an eye in the whole right. evolutionary picture. But we're talking about a span of 400 years. Yeah, 400 yeah. years or so. We're all, we're every culture. And, and some of these cultures are not written cultures. This is oral stuff that gets passed down through generations. Um, it's, it's just, it's pretty amazing when you really think about it. I mean, it's, it's hard to say that that evidence isn't, I mean, it's about as bulletproof as it gets, if you ask oh, me. Oh, yeah, and, for and, sure. And everything before the flood is almost Eden perfection, you know? And what's crazy is, like, when you look, when you actually do the research, all modern plants and animals found today, they're all found in the fossil record. But the only difference is in every single one of them, the pre-flood ones are much larger. I mean, all of them. I mean, they find eagle skulls the, the size of uh, uh, a modern coffee table. Just the skull. You know, look at Neanderthal man. All these elongated skulls and these huge skulls they're finding. And what's crazy is uh, your skull, the only bone or whatever on on your cranium that doesn't stop growing is, is that eyebrow. Yeah, your bone. brow. Yeah. And I, every single Neanderthal man they find, they're huge. They're protruding out like two, two and a half inches because they lived so long. Mm -hmm. Because it was a Garden of Eden style atmosphere. Well, like you were talking about, just conversation amongst us is if you had that all that water around the globe. As far as, as like the firmament, the firmament whatever. above the globe. Right. So, like it says in Genesis, separate waters from the waters. or The, the waters above from the waters right, below. Right. So, so, if you would take that as water above, and it says the gates of heaven opened up and the waters poured into the earth. So, that would... I mean, it's blocking out the sun, all the UV rays, well, and the all this stuff. modernized uh, right. ozone layer. Right. Yeah. That affects right. your air quality. Uh, yeah. Everything. Yep. So so if that happened, then obviously you'd live longer. So you didn't what, have all the harsh. You're telling me that global warming started with the flood then? It did. It <laughs> did. That's the, the label you want to put on it. <laughs> yeah. But what's crazy is even in the fossil record is we find trees still standing upright. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's crazy when you look back into it. I mean, you'll find a modern-day turtle the size of your fist, that pre-flood turtle, exact same skeletal structure, I mean, identical. The only difference it's like a is sea turtle. it's the size of your freaking jeep. Yeah, it's like a sea turtle yeah. instead of a regular well, box turtle. The eagles, I mean, so it's they've done experiments. perfection. That, they do experiments now, too. Well, part of it would have been higher um, oxygenation in the atmosphere, oh, yeah. right? So. Yeah, they've done this experiment now, and I, this is documented. I can't pull exactly where, but this is documented. I've watched a couple things on this where they took a, a fish, and the, whatever fish it was, they oxygenated the water. Um, I more can't remember normal. how much, way more than normal. They over-oxygenated the water, but that fish grew three times the size it would grow in, in the wild, like in nature here because the atmosphere at that time pre-flood was different things were different and that's at that time after the flood god says what no one's going to live longer than 120 years right 
and subsequently because of the changes in the atmosphere or the things that happened as a result of the flood that has obviously changed um perfect environment for the nephilim the giants you right know what i mean yeah so what you're telling me is i can go and get some oxygen tanks you'll be huge <laughs> you will be. i don't i don't need to go to the gym I can just breathe more oxygen. You better be glad Chad's not here. Oh, he would say he's straight. He'd fit me in place, up. wouldn't he? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Dr. Jack Kuzmo, I like. Uh, I read one of his uh, quotes. He was talking about all this. He said, "On the pre-flood man, you know, aka Neanderthal development, and uh, juveniles were extremely slow. Not only are they extremely old, a person 32 would look 16 by our modern standards today." That's why you get such long lifespans and stuff like that. And you hear about, you know, people waiting until they're 100 years old and still having children because, yeah, they might have been 100 years old, but physically they were had the body of a 30-year-old, yeah. you know? Kind of like that, me. That's kind of what yeah. I always wondered, <laughs> you know, just thinking, like, man, you know, was it Abraham? Was it dog years? Yeah, you know, yeah. I, yeah, I thought that too. Like, you know, yeah, of course you asked. Man, having babies that old? Yeah, <laughs> good gracious, <laughs> you know, late bloomer. Yeah, like they walk around with crutches and walkers. But I guess that's poor Methuselah. I tell you, oh Methuselah, yeah. Is that it? The oldest that's, man. That's yeah. all I got. Okay. Well, I will close with a very unsuspecting quote. From Napoleon, Napoleon himself. Dynamite. <laughs> he said, "Men will believe anything unless it is written in the Bible." See you next time. Keep digging.